content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Yeah, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We got a great show for you guys today. Before we get started, let's say hi to everybody all around. We'll start off with our cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Excuse me while I swallow my grapes. I'm on a grape diet. That's all I'm having for lunch is grapes. Grapes are very good for you, full of sugar and good vitamins. And I love grapes. Not always and good you for lose my stomach. Weight. I've lost weight so far. I'm trying to lose weight because I'm shooting a film in September. And I, you know, you photograph 10 pounds heavier than what you are. So I photograph like Porky Pig. <clears throat> you photograph beautiful because you're gorgeous. Thank you, darling. So let's say I hi to everybody else. I got him well trained. Let's say hi to everybody else. Starting off with our fabulous beauty at the W4CY Studios in Wellington, Florida. Danielle. Hello, Danielle. Hello, hello, hello. Yay. And then we've got the fabulous Scotty J in Pennsylvania. Good day, mates. How y'all doing out there in California? There you go. Listen to that. <laughs> Must you shout into your microphone, you <laughs> motherfucker? Yes, indeed. For then we have a... Me. Then we, then we have a chat room full of people. Let's say hi. Starting off with with our very bestie, Eileen Shapiro, who's in the chat room right now. She actually introduced us to our first guest today. Pull down that picture of you. I hate it. The one on Facebook with your tongue out. Please pull that picture down. I was shocked when I looked at it. You're so pretty. And that picture makes you look like a pervert. Oh, that she's not taking it down then. <laughs> no, she's got her tongue out like she's lusting some big wang. She is. I know, but we don't have to let the world know that. <laughs> then we've got, let's see, we want to say hi to uh, Teresa Sabin is in the chat room. What's up, Teresa? Uh, B. Claudia is wait, in the wait, chat wait. room. Back it up. What? Teresa, you are my number one Facebook friend. Thank you so much for all of your likes and supports. There you go. Well, we also got B. Claudia from Germany in the chat room. What's up, B? Missed what? you for the last couple of weeks. We've been busy, but we're back into it again. So I'm going to uh, contact the, you next week. How's the family, B? Yeah, we hope everybody's doing good. I saw your great pictures on Instagram. You guys should follow B. Uh, we too. love you. We also want to give a shout out to Twism White Piece. Oh, Twazil. How are you, baby? He's awesome, you guys. And Twism White Piece has a brand new album out called Big Dreams. If you guys like hip hop, it's a great album. Everybody, please support indie artists and uh, check out Twism White Piece's Big no, that's Dreams. Twism Big White Piece. That's right. Twism Big White Piece. There you go. And uh, I forgot what else I was going to say just then. And we had a great weekend, you guys. After we left the show last week, first of all, we want to thank everybody who tuned in last week. We had such a blast with Loretta Christian Simpson. Was that not an outrageous show? It got a zillion trillion hits. 
People are sending it. They're sharing it. They're flipping out from it. They never heard anything on in their life like the things that I said to her. And her, you know, counteraction was good. Absolutely. Again, I repeat, Garrick Lee, who portrays Linda, I mean, Loretta, is a very dear friend of mine, like my best friend. So we, we play together like that. I'm the tough, rocky guy from Brooklyn, and she's a Republican, right-wing Christian, you know, narrow-minded bitch. Spray away the gay bitch. And it was a great show, and it really got a lot of laughs. You know why I did that? Because we do not want any of our guests coming on here and doing their act. Save your act for when you're working. You come here, it's a conversation show. We want, like I always say, you're in my kitchen in Brooklyn having Eniman's crumb cake and coffee, and we're just bullshitting and talking. And that's what I want. And that's why the show's a hit. Because we talk about all kinds of things about the stars, not necessarily listening to their work. And I couldn't very well have Linda, I mean, Loretta come on and do her shtick because she would have been doing her show. And it wouldn't have worked. So that's why I did that crazy interview with her. Everybody says it was a great show. And B. Claudia says there should be a, a Loretta Christensen, Rolando Rocco show, a whole series. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> it was exhausting. <laughs> you got to like love it. And we want to welcome, hey, what's up, Backpack John? Also just joined us in the chat room. So how you doing, Backpack John? We have a great show for you guys today. We have David Lawrence Palmer, who's the Leo King, coming on. He's a celebrity astrologer. Uh, Eileen met him at the Pink Floyd concert that we were at. And uh, G. Larry Butler, he's an actor, uh, lives with uh, lives in Los Angeles. We see him at all our events. It's going to be a lot of fun today. Um, we went last week after the show, and we went to um, where we went to a bunch of different things. Oh, so we went to a party at the director of Marcel uh, Blind, Marcel Walsh's house, and then we went to see the uh, Xenophobia premiere and got to see Lorene Landon and Sadie Katz and all our friends. So we had a blast with that, and we loved the house that he was in. And uh, everybody's going to love Blind when it comes out and it gets regularly released for everybody to see because we thought it was fantastic. And uh, we were in L.A. again on Saturday and we've been resting ever since then, working and resting because we went to L.A. eight times between Eileen being here and Eileen leaving uh, eight times in 14 days, which it's a two hour drive each way. So it's like a lot of driving. Eileen, you and Billy Hess were, in, you said, in Manhattan. So cute. I want to smack you on the video if I could have. Smacked you, I would have she smacked you. She went to the Stray Cats concert last I night. I don't give a shit where she went. That's Billy Hess. What are they, lovers? I know. I'm jealous. That's all she's always with. Billy Hess, Billy Hess, Billy Hess. She calls him a hundred times a day. He's, he's gay. He's got a lover. He's not interested in you, honey. But they got to hang out with the the, um, the Stray Cats. You know the Stray Cats. They're yeah, I got to hang out with the big pussies. <laughs> the Stray Cats. The big pussies. A lot of my friends have big pussies. And I call them the big, wide-open pussies. That's funny. Who's John? Somebody says, hi, John, in the chat room, but I don't know. Who. Oh, Backpack John. Got it. My bad. She says, love you, Ron. I love you back, but lose the Hess guy. Also, we went and see saw Hobbs and Shaw, you guys, which it's an awesome, awesome, fun movie. I mean, it's like you don't have to think at all. You just watch. It's just action from the beginning to the end all the way through with a bunch of one. Uh, she says he's his wife. <laughs> what? She says he's his wife. <laughs> He's her wife. Billy Hess is your wife. <laughs> the big queen that has brought. <laughs> Wait till I come to New York and I poison him. Yeah. But anyway, go see Hobbs and Shaw, you guys. It's fun. It has a great soundtrack. We enjoyed it. It was so fast acting and fast moving. And Ron's a big fan of Jason Statham. And uh, it's a great spinoff of the Fast and Furious series. And it's a lot of fun. There you go. 
Are you going to talk at all? Or are you just going to eat grapes? I love my it's my lunch, my diet. I know, but this is supposed to be the time you talk. No, I know that. But you see, if I don't talk, I just want to see how many people fall asleep. Nobody falls asleep, but I like like uh, you're supposed to talk because you tell me I'm not supposed to talk in the first 15 minutes. This is your time, and you're not talking, so I have to talk. Otherwise, I never said people sit thing. here. I just said don't interrupt me. Well, go ahead and tell a you story. Know, humor, <laughs> comedy is. It, it, we have a button. We call it a button. If you don't hit the button, you've lost a joke. It's not funny. That's why lots of your friends who say, oh, I'm very funny. I have a joke for you are not. They think they're funny, but they're not because it's in timing. Jokes are all about timing. If you do not time them correctly, hit the button and send it out there for the, the audience to laugh. You've lost it. So Jimmy many times steps on my lines. He comes in on the middle of my joke or the end of my joke. And he ruins it. That pisses me off. Because don't forget, for 45 years, I worked alone on the stage in all the nightclubs throughout the United States. So I know my stuff better than most. You heard that, Jim? Yeah, so talk. This is your time to talk. Otherwise, I'll just like I'll interact with other people. Otherwise, well, How are you going to ever interact with anybody? What do you mean how are you going to interact? You got Danielle on the phone. You got Scott. You got a chat room full of people writing things. Like we can mention things. I don't talk because you're supposed to be talking now. Well, I am talking now, and so are you. Okay, well, I mean talking about something besides eating grapes. I'm talking about my diet. I'm on a grape diet. Okay. Grapes for lunch because they're full of everything, and they're delicious, and they're refreshing, and they're wonderful. And then grapes in the evening in the way of wine. Oh, they're asking me. Yes, I have glasses, you guys. Today they're yellow. I have yellow glasses on today, which are harder to see. Of course, he's got yellow jaundice. No, I don't. I just put yellow ones on. I dropped my pink ones, and like the lens fell out. I have to fix them. This shirt doesn't photograph well. Your shirt? It's just pink. It's, it's yellow. Fine. It's not pink. I mean, it's just <laughs> oh, she's gone. With and he wants me to talk. No wonder. Poor bastard can't even see color. <laughs> That's freaking hilarious. That was funny. I no like wonder. that. That's Let's get back to Eileen. Where are you now, my dear? She's in the chat room. Are you with Billy Hess now? No, on Fire Island partying? No, she's doing uh, She's working at home. Oh, you're, you're working for a change. <laughs> for a change. Yeah, right. That's nice. I'm glad to hear you're working and you're not romancing Hess. Meanwhile, Hess's love is for many years with Mark. Mark, what's his name? Um... Mark, I forgot Mark's name. Ah! Dallas. Mark Dallas, the fabulous New York hairdresser. Ron Head is on savage level today. Ha hairdresser of the stars. He's uh, his, his salon is in. It's Mark. Mark always. What are you doing? The always salon. There's like in things Su on here. in Sutton Place, New York. Sutton Place is very pa -pa 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 -pa. Very exclusive. All rich people live in Sutton Place. Multi-millionaires live in Sutton Place. Beekman Place. So his clientele is absolutely number one. I don't know how come he lets Billy has that low life into his salon, but he does. Tell us how you really feel, Ron. I can't right now. <laughs> you I mean, you know what I want to know? I want to know how long it took for Ron to find a watch with a watch band that matched his shirt. Oh, I gave it to him. We have about 30 of these watches in every color they ever manufactured. They're called 40s. 49. 49s. And they cost 50 bucks. $49. They're waterproof. 
$49. So you can speak. $49. And they're wonderful watches. They're waterproof. And they're, and I wear them, you know, when I don't wear them. We my, have yellow, white, orange, black, blue, green. We have, like, every color so we can, like, match our outfits. When I'm not wearing my, excuse me, darlings, my diamond Rolex. <laughs> they should be a sponsor for the Jimmy Starr and Ron Russell show. Yeah, I tried. Yeah, well, you go find one. I actually tried to get them to sponsor <laughs> us, or at least give us free wa- at least give us free ones instead of us paying for them all the time. But they were like, "Well, you already bought like ten of them, so." Yeah, I love them. Going. What? Uh, well, Jimmy was just like, "Oh, well, they're like they already bought ten of them." I was like, "Yeah, they're thinking like <laughs> you'll keep buying them." I want like Rolex or somebody to sponsor us so we can get like a dressier watch. I have my diamond, not my diamond Rolex, my black face diamond Rolex. I know, but I don't, so I need one. <laughs> That's because you're common. Yeah, I'm common. That's hilarious. I got to like Anyway, Clown Motel 2. Clown Motel, I mean, swallow. And you have to like stop eating for real. Cause I have a grape old. stuck on my top of my roof. Of my, ever get a grape peel stuck on the roof of your mouth when you're talking? Sounds like you got a wang in your mouth. Anyway. Clown Motel 1 was good, but I don't know. It's hitting the world like crazy. It's sold out in the United States and every single Walmart. They keep restocking it. Now it's a hit in Europe. Uh, it was a nice movie, but I don't think I would go that nuts about it. So they wanted me in Clown Motel 2. And I said, I don't think so. Uh, then, of course, when Loreen... Landon came on board and she was going to help the film along by bringing in bigger actors and better everything. I said, yes, I will work with Lorene. So I'm supposed to play an army major colonel, something like that. I don't know. The script isn't done yet. And I'm hoping that Lorene plays my wife so I could smack her around and get really rough with her because I love her and she's a good actress. So she comes back, you know, really tough, but, We'll see what happens when they send the script. I'll let you know. Isn't that interesting? Nobody gives a shit. Well, it's the way you said it. So, everybody, check what it did out. I say? What did New I say? movie news. Ron's going to be in Clown Motel 2. Well, you don't say it with any excitement. It's like, oh, well, I'm not excited today. Listen, well, you every, need to get every, excited. Everyone, everyone out there in the world, listen. It was 120 degrees the other day, and I didn't know Probably it. Probably 120 today. And I didn't know it. And I was outside lifting cinder blocks, building walls around the patio in that heat. I came in with heat exhaustion. I went to bed and I fainted. I did. I actually, I absolutely fainted in my bed. I didn't have a hat on or a shirt on. Luckily, I don't get sunburn. I just get dark. Now I look like, you know, I don't know what I look like, but I'm dark. There you go. So and, and I'm a little, I'm still a little... Um, slow, my brain fried in the 120 degrees. Okay, we need heat. to like get it up because now we're going to call our, our our first guest. Okay. So everybody, you have the video, you guys, right? I do. Danielle and Scott. Yeah. Oh, the Leo, correct? Yep. So on enjoy, we'll do it. All right, everybody. Our first guest is David Lawrence Palmer, the Leo King. He's a celebrity astrologer. So you guys get to know a little bit about him. We're going to play this awesome uh, video of him while we're getting him on the line. So enjoy. Hey, what's up? I'm the Leo King, celebrity astrologer David Palmer. And you might be asking yourself, what is a celebrity astrologer? Am I an astrologer? And do I do astrology just for celebrities? You know, being a celebrity astrologer is about embodying a lot. Not only being an astrologer and, of course, doing readings for celebrities, 
but it's about connecting the astrologer aspect to the media, to the world. You know, embodying the model part of myself or the TV personality that I've been in my life to connect to this 21st century and to connect to this new world with social media and with television. And Hollywood is tapping into the spirit world through psychics. Celebrities want to find their power of self. Untold with Maria Menounos, tonight at 8 on E! Especially, astrologers have been around for thousands of years on royal courts. They've been doing it for kings and queens. I mean, bringing the astrologer back into society. It's almost like being an astrologer has been axed out and we've been kind of put into our own little weird world. And I think that it's very important to utilize, you know, all the aspects of connecting to what we think of celebrity and pop culture and bringing these ancient science practices and all this wisdom to the mainstream world. And that's why, you know, building a studio like this here at the Leo King Studios and High Vibe Studios has been part of it, to be able to create my own networks, to create my own content. And a Taurus is gonna have their worth and be a little bougie like you, and it will work out. You can't go with a cheap person or somebody who doesn't know their worth. Guys who don't have self-worth is your biggest turnoff. That is! If you're not a confident man, get to stepping. I can't deal. I can't deal. And then as time went by, I went on another big reality show called ABC True Beauty and I went on and I said, you know what, I'm going to tell the world I'm an astrologer. It's time. It's time to really own this. Because you have to remember being an astrologer is a little scary. You have uh, religious people who think you're the devil and then you have the scientific community who think you're schizophrenic. So there's this element of dealing with this aloneness in many ways of like having to have the courage to follow what a lot of people think is a belief, kind of like religion, which it's not. Astrology is a bridge between the spiritual and the science energy and bringing them together. With Saturn and Jupiter, the two biggest planets? Oh my God, talk about lessons about sex and want and desire. When you take Libra and you take Scorpio, this is the glue, the sex, the deep truth. Because a relationship's just a relationship, right, in Libra. It's always just like, hi, we're doing a relationship. What is Scorpio? Okay, I'm in this relationship, but like, that doesn't smell good. Or, ooh, that's really good. Or, you know, I always say it's the difference between the back getting scratched all the way. <sighs> or, yeah, that was an okay orgasm my duty to bridge both these together as a celebrity astrologer to connect with people to make it fun to make it poppy to make it inspirational to make it edgy but also at the same time bring that depth so there's definitely two parts of me and don't you ever forget about my depth or my crazy radical fun that I know how to bridge together yeah all I right think we're back we're live guys all right everybody David say something real quick let's make sure we can hear you Yo, 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 what's going on? There you go. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, David Lawrence Palmer, the Leo King. Hello and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Super stoked to be here. Awesome. Let me introduce you to everybody, starting off with my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hey, let me tell you something. You're really handsome for an extraterrestrial. <laughs> oh, thank you. I know. We don't have genitals, though. He says we don't have genitals. Oh, well, you know, there are surgeries today that they can put them on. 
wonderful. A lot, yeah. a lot of, a lot of extraterrestrials. We don't know what's going on. So thank you. No, but a lot of women, you know, that are lesbian women that have sex changes, they have a pass, a big one, you know, a big ball sewn on and a big pepperoni. So they're, they're pretty good at it. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> you gotta love it. Let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. Starting now, with wait, now, you have an idea where this show goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to introduce you to our uh, our our engineer. She is in the W4CY studios in Wellington, Florida. Say hi to Danielle. Hey, Danielle. She's supposed to say hey back. No, she fainted. <laughs> she fainted. Or, or she just plugged her vibrator. Yeah, in. she does that one. When the good-looking ones come on, she oh, freaks yeah, she, out. She's in heaven right now. She's I moaning. Oh. Oh, hey, now yeah. we hear you. Now we hear you. Let me hear your moan. This this one's a cute one. Let me hear your moan. I'm not doing that. It's really weird. <laughs> you don't think he's hot? We, uh, wait, wait, quiet. You don't think he's hot? I do think he's hot, but I'm sure he doesn't want a virtual moan. It's better. Who wants a virtual moan? No one. Then we've got Scotty J, the host of Rock Titan TV. He's in Philadelphia. Scotty J, say hi to David. Well, I think David is very hot. And David, good luck with these guys, man. Seriously, good luck with these guys. Thank you. I, I think I'm going to need all the luck I can get. Uh, yeah, Scott is straight with a wife. He's just pretending to be gay. You didn't do it well enough, honey. You're, oh, you know, come on, Ronnie. Ronnie, come on now. You need lessons on picking up a straight guy like this. Listen, you're very good looking, and I bet you're lonely at night. How about I come over one night and have a couple of drinks? <laughs> And, you know, I give you a rub down, and I know you'll make you feel good. <laughs> All right, so I, can, hold on. I can do it in a dress with a wig, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Now we've got a chat room. A chick with a dick we, is real. We have one. a chat room filled up. It's it's packed with people. We've got uh, yes. all the United States. We've got uh, yes. Australia, Belgium. Yes. We've got Germany. I don't know, all over the place. So say hi to everybody in the chat room. Yo, yo, yo. And then I you got to give mean, a special. I think we have 172 countries we go to. 178. Right? 178 countries and we, we go to. But they're not 178 in the chat room right now. Then I need you to say hi to Eileen, who did that great uh, oh, article. Oh, oh, oh. Eileen's amazing. Eileen, I hope be you're doing wonderful. Beware. There you go. All right, beware everybody. Beware of that one. Beware. So you guys, if you've never heard of David Lawrence Palmer, he is the Leo King. His website is theleoking.com. He's a celebrity astrologer, a media spiritual influencer, uh, he produces the largest video horoscope media network and app for High Vibe TV. And he's been featured as the top astrologer in America on Yahoo, E! Entertainment Television, ABC, MTV, Style Network, National Enquirer, People Magazine, and Reality Weekly. So hello, and we're excited to talk with you. Yeah, wow. I'm stoked to be here with you both. Wow, you paid all those people to say those things about you? You must be broke. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually got really lucky... <laughs> and got into reality television and used that as my PR to get on all those shows. All right, first question. Do you believe in extraterrestrials? I do, but I don't believe them in the way that a lot of people think about them in the movies. I don't believe that they're physical beings. What do you think they are? I think that they are multidimensional beings that... The, think about how a radio works. Our brains can only see certain frequencies, right? Like we can't see a cell phone right now or right. how right now the wireless to this you know, internet is streaming this to you all, that I believe that there are beings that are in these other higher frequency realms that our radio waves can hit in our brain. That's a Tesla belief. I believe somewhere I read that Tesla said, when you die, you leave the body, you no longer need the machinery. Now you become a radio wave and everything you do is through the minds. And I firmly believe that. 
Now, I also yeah. believe, I believe in astrology. Arlene Dahl, who is a very dear friend of mine, and you mm. know who Arlene Dahl is. She used to write a column every day. She's yeah, a great. Where, where, where did she write for? Was it um, the Daily News, the New York mm, Times, yeah. all the New York publications? She's a very good friend of mine, and she did a chart on me years ago, and boy, was it accurate! Um, the stars do help us. Tell us about it. How do they help us? Well, the way that astrology works is it's it's a true conscious understanding of what's going on. I mean, think about just being on Earth alone, right? Like we live in this like fishbowl, basically. And today, nobody's looking up at the stars anymore. They're just looking down at their cell phones, where it's like the ancients. And I mean, we're just even talking about within the last, you know, couple hundred years, people were still looking up at the stars to try and understand what's going on. I mean, if you're living in this crazy fishbowl, when you want to know, like, what's going on, where are you at, where are you at in the universe, when you apply that to your own self and actually start to realize that everybody on this planet's unique. And if you look at the way that the planets work and you look at the way that just astrology is more than just planetary aspects, it's about understanding everything that was going on at that snapshot of your birth and everything that's going on at every moment that is actually happening in the universe and capitalizing that into your consciousness. You're able to be aware of what's coming up, what's going on, who you are and how life is working. I mean, every civilization used it except the ones today. And it's going really well, don't you think? <laughs> Well, you know, to coin a phrase, the movie Now Voyage is starring Betty Davis. For those of you who know who Betty Davis is, the ending line of the film is, why ask for the moon? We have the stars. And I firmly believe in we have the stars. And we do. And the stars do guide us somehow. I don't know how, but I feel that certain things, like, you know, like when our cell phones don't work and the computers go nuts, my daughter Deirdre, who's an, also a, a astrologist, astrology buff, Mm -hmm. said that something is going on in Mercury or something. Mercury, uh, show us this Mercury is in retrograde or something. Yeah, Mercury is <laughs> in retrograde, whatever the hell that means. And it interferes with all of our equipment. And I definitely believe in a, in a, in a wormhole or a black hole. I definitely believe, I believe everything that we know so far. I, don't, I doubt nothing. I know that we have captured nine, nine different UFO because a good friend of ours has a friend that worked in area 57 is 54. it 54 and he said that in possession right now the united states government has nine uh, aircraft from another, another i don't really planet. think you're supposed to tell people <laughs> no i can say it no i can say it because i'm not giving names they can there go whistle go. dixie before i give them the fucking name <laughs> so hold on let's go to him let's go to him hold but on no wait a minute they also said they have four bodies of alien people now do you believe any of this I mean, like I said previously, that I'm much. I've I've only really tapped into the extraterrestrials from other dimensions, and I mean, I'm an open person like you are. I'm somebody who I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, but I also know that there's a lot of there's a lot of prophecies that are told, whether it's through religion or ancient tradition, about some sort of false pretext to try and corner up the human race into believing this kind of alternate idea of self, right? So like, imagine if there was a ploy to have people believe in this alien life form that has all these understandings of the universe, which is actually counteractive to what it really is. So it's about being very discerning in anything in life. And that's why I'm an astrologer is right. You've got to apply science and data and mix it with the, the moral truths, the spiritual truths, 
And this is where we're at in society where it's too one-sided. There's like, okay, it's all science or, oh no, it's just all blind religion with no factual energy. And we have to all be discerning in life with bridging both together to understand and look at both sides of it and see where is this all coming from? Is this really true? And, and who are the people that hold this info and where did they get it? And we need to know every little piece about it because it could all just be a setup to tell you this is how to live and you must put this chip in you uh, because this is what the aliens told us to do. And that chip is really now getting every part of your vital organs and everything in a system that's capitalizing people like sheep. Who knows? So that wouldn't be a bad thing. So in the first because wanna... maybe we could program people to not kill other people in mass quantities like just what happened the other day. Um, I believe that um, I was raised in a, in a home with no religion. My parents were both of different religions. So I feel that the, the, the whole idea of Jesus Christ coming to this planet from God and being killed and uh, coming out of a cave and going back to heaven is just as unbelievable as an ex extraterrestrial story because for all we know he could have been an extraterrestrial okay who is god we don't know who god is god's out in the universe well you right. tell me where he is in the universe the universe is endless so tell me more about the universe when you you when you read stars you're only reading stars in our uh, air in our universe what about the other billions and billions of stars that are out there do they give you information well one thing that we look at, first of all, when we start with astrology is we look at a geo-based chart, Earth's chart, and what the actual look at is we have something called the ecliptic, which is where the sun and the moon every day, if you notice, when you wake up, it rises in the east and sets in the west. And if you notice, the sun and the moon are on the same path. And if you actually look behind that path at nighttime, it's the same path. You'll see the planets on that same line. So that's where we understand why we focus on those 12 zodiac belts because they're on that ecliptic energy and that's where we have eclipses and so forth. Going beyond that, we also use Mayan understandings which actually looks at our galaxy itself. So if we look at our galaxy, it's on a galactic plane. On that plane, it's just the same way. It has an equator and the way that the sun works is the sun actually dips below the plane, comes to the exact moment where it's at the equator of the plane, and then it goes above the, the it's almost like a dolphin kind of swooping mm. like this, the sun, okay? So the Mayans predicted that basically on this 22 million year, some of the data is a little off or on because science truly can't get it fully right, but every 24,000 years, there becomes one full swoop. And then it takes 22 million years to go around the whole entire galaxy, our sun with our planets going around, okay? So the whole 2012 prophecy was that we had finally made a full entire 22 million years and we started another beginning of another 24,000 year cycle at the exact point where the sun right now is in the middle of the plane of the galaxy. That's why we're able to see all this stuff. One part. Another part is it's extremely potent. But when you go into outside of our own galaxies, we don't even have... When, the, when NASA's starting to show you a lot of stuff, I mean, it's literally pasta on the wall, okay? So... As an astrologer, we can only take what we get, like we just saw the black hole, right? Like in the last three months for the first time. Okay, this is a big deal, right? Because we've never seen one before. It was a theory before. It was drawings before. Here's an actual picture of it. So as astrologers, the community gets together and takes a while to figure out how is that going to be meaningful and bringing meaning back to the world? Like 
one thing science does great is find information, but if you notice, they're not giving you meaning behind it. They're just kind of giving you data. Astrologers, which have been kind of lost through time and been castrated out, are, are the ones that help understand the meaning and bridge the historical information of when we have these different patterns and when we discover things, what kind of meaning does that mean to us as humanity? Now, do you believe in life or the world is a loop? Like as if it repeats itself? Yeah, because you guys can tell the future through astrology, things that are going to happen, earthquakes, floods, or disasters, some, some do. Um, there has to be a loop because we have had to have done this before in order for you to know what it's going to be. Do you agree with that? I'm, I'm into all that. this stuff. I'm into all this stuff. So you're not talking to a professor. You're talking to a dummy who just knows what I know. Do you believe also that planet Earth has had other civilizations millions of years ago? Yes. And I believe that if you understand just the understanding of the, our planetary motions, we do because we base our time off this, right? We base our, our time off the Earth and the Sun's relationship and how the rotation of, of those aspects are. But there is a point to where, and it looks like it's on a 24,000-year cycle, that we do kind of come to these kind of reset points and then even larger ones like 22 million that, yes, I believe it's like the Matrix. If you ever saw it and, and uh, the Matrix Reloaded, number two, when he sees the architect, he goes, you've been here six times before and you've always made this choice. And then finally, he makes a choice to go the other doorway. I believe that's what free will is, predetermined points where you have a choice. And you have a very limited choice, but that free will choice is a positive or a negative direction. Like really that's like life in a nutshell. And you know, the more conscious aware you are of it, you know how to take the better path because it's always moments that build up in time in history and everything that always come to these cataclysmic points where it's like, Oh my gosh, what do we do? And it's like, there, there's the free will choice. They're buildups. And there is something about repeating and there is history repeats itself. I mean, Humans and relationships repeat themselves. Like all we the all time. have these subconscious repeating aspects of ourselves that are constantly going on. Now, the so, Mayan calendar also said that the world was going to end a few years ago, and of course, the world hasn't ended. Or uh, what made the the calendar? I mean, the, the Mayan calendar, by the way, is that round. It's the long count. Yeah, the long that you, count that most people have as ornamentation in their home. Well, it's if you read it, it as the. Um, experts know how to read it it tells all in the mayan calendar yeah now how do you figure the mayans knew this because they could barely do anything else they ate they ate corn okay they didn't have caviar so they only knew one thing but yet their calendar was so superior their calendar is used today yeah it's used today they use the venus cycle a lot because venus if you ever look at it from a very kind of uh not only a geo point of view, like Venus is the brightest star. So it's the easiest one to follow. And the Venus cycle is uh, very unique to any other cycle because it creates this beautiful star pattern in our solar system. Like it's a perfect star, okay? Yeah. And so for, for tracing time periods, they're the most predictable. You know where Venus is gonna be. Every eight years, it's gonna be in one spot where the sun and Venus are gonna cross, and that's where we have the evening star and the morning star switchovers. When Venus Cassini's the sun, it's called, 
when it crosses in front of the sun and gets burned out where we can't see it for 40 days and 40 nights. That's where the Bible gets a lot of these stories from. Is exactly. Exactly. So hold on. So I got a chat room full you're of people. You're very smart. You're very great. You're terrific. I love you. Oh, thank you. You're, <laughs> no, you're I, I, no, no. I yeah, like talking. Knowledge is, it's amazing. No, I like talking to people who know my answers to my questions. I have had many friends that were um, psychics or astrologers. And so hold on. unfortunately, they were charlatans. So yeah, hold on. A lot of them out there. Yeah. So hold on, because I've got some things to say. First of all, we have a chat room. Everybody loves you. They said they've never seen a supermodel astrologist before, first of all. So they're like digging the fact that you're gorgeous. Somebody wanted to know what you think of Stephen Hawking, but hang on to that. Oh, well. Um, hang on to that. Um, also, they want to know if you have a book. Do you have any? Have you written any books? Yeah, right now I have the. Uh, 2019 Astrology Guide Mag, the Leo King. It was at Walmart, Target. It just got pulled off shelves because it's uh, mid of 2019. I have one question to ask you. I don't know that you have the answer or if the stars can tell us this. Is Trump coming back? (laughs) So that's a very good question. I've actually made a prediction that I don't think he's going to make it through his own health issues. That I believe okay. that that he's actually coming into a health crisis, and so a lot okay. of people are looking more at impeachment or looking at he he is somebody who will not go down based off. He's a very actually intelligent man. He's got a genius chart. He's born on a lunar eclipse the exact moment it happened. He's got Mars in the in the position on the rising sign on Regulus, the royal star, and that star with Mars always wins in any battle that it goes into. Will always win. So the only thing that could ever take i guess trump down for people who want that i'm not saying i'm somebody who wants that i'm just because i don't want anything no no, no. we don't anything. do politics we, we never discuss who we yeah. believe in but um like, i, I do believe just as an astrologer and i've and in my in my magazine i did four pages on him and i actually just like as a human to a fellow human was like forget the politics whatever like make sure you watch your health make sure you watch your heart and your uh, right now because based off his chart he's coming to some very hard health aspects that are about to come up and actually so, you did that you wrote that in in the Eileen's article in the Hollywood Digest to had yeah. that in I remember reading that now um, yeah. which is which I think is super cool and just so you know a little bit about Ron besides Turner classic movies ancient aliens is his favorite show he watches the history oh, nice. channel Whenever he watches TV, he always watches the History Channel. He like loves all of it. I, I am a documentary um, freak. I have been watching documentaries since they put them on television back in 1949. And he he watches um, every Alien documentary. That I comes remember. Out. I remember Roswell, and I remember the Daily News had a photograph of an alien, a dead alien, and then suddenly it was pulled, and nobody could ever find this newspaper again. And they said it was a kite. And it was not an alien craft that crashed in Roswell. Now, I remember. It's also at Studio 50. I mean, Area 51. Area 51. Was it a weather Uh, balloon they were trying to call it? Yeah, well, it was an impossibility. A weather balloon can't possibly do what that craft did. I was eight years old, and I was in the middle of it. And that's when I started to realize that um, people are not smart as I think they are. Because people go to church, synagogue, and they prayed to a god. I don't get it. And then here we have aliens, and they say, oh, there's no such thing as aliens. We're the only ones in the universe. How pompous to think that we are the only planet that has life. I mean, it's ridiculous. So I have a question for you. Yeah, the question you're going to ask is a great one. Ask it. How do you know it's a great one? 
because you haven't had one question. Uh, I know. Well, I want to ask questions because a lot of people want to know the difference. <laughs> like we've had, we've had a couple of mediums on the show. I guess you would call them mediums or psychics or whatever. And like, you don't really fall under that category. No. I don't hear you. No, no, no. I, he does not. Let me, let me talk. I can. I get nervous. I, I know. Well, I, he doesn't. I don't see you like because av- I've read. I went online. I googled you. I looked at everything that's on you. I looked to see if people th- wrote things like, "Oh, he's a fraud. He's a fake." I mean, your press is really, really good. There's nobody says anything bad about you. Well, Nobody you. says that you're. I, not- I have to interrupt wait, wait, something. No, wait, I, I know I have to interrupt. He's a scientist in my book. He's a scientist, and he's not a charlatan. Well, he makes a science. No, with he's it. a scientist because he knows okay, but let me exactly. Ask my question. He knows exactly where it's We're at. We're married. We fight like this all the time, so don't worry about it. Um, so, so what I want to know though is like because. Because I, I I read your interview within the Hollywood Digest and I googled all kinds of things on you and you know it took you a long time for you to tell people that you were an astrologist and like what is the kind of like the difference between a celebrity astrologist and like let's say like Joe Psychic person like you know from the Psychic Network or some shit. <laughs> well, I think there's a there's a big difference in all of it as being as one. Being an astrologer has data that we are using. So like here's some tarot cards right here, right? Okay, so there's a lot of people that do tarot, and I do tarot myself, but I use it as as something after the astrology because one thing about astrology is you cannot control it. A human cannot control the planet's positions. Like we can – I cannot tell somebody like, I'm sorry, Jupiter is going to be here in four weeks, and like there's no way for me to stop it where somebody can take a card and kind of go, oh, like I don't like that card. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or let me just do another <laughs> one. They, they're kind of creating, and I'm not saying there's anything against tarot because I look at it as like a, like kind of like a confirmation to what the astrology says, right? Like yes. I'm a believer more in that the universe is an actual clockwork that is actually divine. I believe in divinity. I believe that everything is on divine timing. I believe that the universe has a beautiful way of already knowing what it's doing. And we just have to sit back and observe and watch the beauty happen and be conscious of it. Whereas like, I think that some psychics are almost trying to prove themselves too much. There's old codes that go back thousands of years of people who practice this stuff. You just don't go to somebody and tell them like, like at a mall, like, Hey, I need to talk to you right now. Like you, you've got some weird thing going on. You know what I mean? It's like that's (laughs) evading people's privacy. It's evading people's space. And that's how you tell a charlatan right away is number one, they're not going to just come up to you and be like, you need help. Like, you know what I mean? Number one, it has to be asked. The question needs to be asked to you. And I, I would I would say that the original amazing psychic work, like Nostradamus was a true psychic astrologer. He Absolutely. was hired by the queen, like uh, Catherine, and he was real. He was a real deal because he took it to the science. He went to school as a child and studied astrology first, and he did all these predictions and stuff, and a lot of them have come true. And he, I mean, you got to remember, this guy was working not with no computers or nothing, like literally yes. like writing down charts like on hand, you know? So I I would say that the celebrity thing, though, is that astrologers at one point in history were a celebrity themselves, right? It was a celebrity to be an astrologer. Like, it's like the astrologers here. But in today's society, it kind of got like, oh, my God, like you are in the weird corner now. And now we have all these people that I think celebrities are great. But it's like, I think that now the way that the world's going the astrologer needs to come back and be a celebrity back into the entertainment world, in the real world, in the in the news world, and in the political world, and everything to give that middle viewpoint that everybody's not looking at. I because, agree. Because without that, that's what's missing. You know, it's like being like, 
now it's the court jester when that was never who it was. They're throwing astrologers as a court jester, but that's not what an astrologer is. You know, like to the king and the queen always, that was the number one person next to them. Not yes. the, okay. you know, so the so hand of the page of queen like Game of Thrones tried to do. <laughs> but it would be kind of like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, but that person, you know, we put prop, you know, Tyrion up as that kind of like, ooh. But it's like, did he really have any information except for just like what his mind thought? There's a lot more to the mind when you that's go into a, that's a my spiritual next question. mind. That's my next question. Most people think the tarot cards are magic. They're not magic. I have read tarot cards for many, many years. My grandmother in Italy had a dream book. 300-year-old dream book. And every morning she'd wake up and she'd read her dream book. And she could predict things. So I have sort of a very, very uh, intuitive family background. I have read tarot cards and I have been correct. I predicted a fire in a friend of mine's house and uh, his dog dying and it exactly happened. I told my daughters where they would be living in L.A. and what their apartment looked like even to the beams in the ceiling. So, yes, we all have some kind of an intuitive intuitive. Yeah something in us a crystal ball you look into it doesn't give you answers but it gives your mind something that you see so you create with your mind what you see and you tell the person so all of you out there that go to psychics and spend all that money don't half of them are phonies they they con you they know how to work you they know how to say well yeah isn't that so you oh yeah blue blue yeah your father was a, a cop right yeah you know they pick up on things they're trained well at doing it uh, a good, good guy like the guy we have on our show today probably could give you one of the best uh, readings you'll ever get due to your birthday, the time of your birth, and possibly sometimes Which he does at you the guys. end of your life. I know Cary Grant, uh, the famous actor, was told by an astrologist the year and the day he was going to die, and he was terrified of that all of his life. And he went. Uh, he underwent LSD and a psychiatrist to sort of get rid of those things. Hang on, let's tell him that though. So everybody, first of all, because if if you want to find out a lot more about David Lawrence Palmer, the Leo King, first of all, you can follow him on Twitter at the Leo Kingdom. And his website is theleoking.com, and he has times where you can book him for all kinds of things. And you can find out everything he does with his studio back there and the television stuff. So tell us, what is something, uh, what is something um, that you predicted, like, in the past that came true that everybody knows about? Well, there's, there's two different types of prediction. There's okay. predictions about kind of, like, where we are all. A lot of people watch me because I'm tapping into their inner soul and knowing where the shifts are going in life with, with different relationships in their personal life and so forth. So there's personal astrology prediction that is like, I am hitting people every day and every week with my shows that are like telling them where the consciousness is evolving. They can feel the track of things in their life going in this direction and, and right and riding the right wave in life. But if we go to actual predictions in the world, especially since I'm a celebrity astrologer, we could start with, I was on Kiki Palmer and, and BET and I had to do some celebrity couples. And so they brought up Beyonce and they brought up uh, um, Jay-Z. And I'm like, no, this is not good. And I remember BET being tripped out. Like, because they're B -E if you're on BET, 
a lot of the BET stars are BET like actual, like they sign contracts to be like actual stars. So they don't like want to ever inhibit anything negative. And I'm like, yeah, these two, this relationship just is not good. 2015 is not looking good there. And so they really did a good job of saying, well, yeah, it looks like they'll go through some, some troubles, but you know, they'll be all right. And look what happened. Oh, like, he I, cheated I, on her. Yeah. He cheated correct. on her. <laughs> and then they made a whole thing. And then this year, Oh my gosh, like Beyonce's Venus is getting attacked extremely right now by Saturn and by Pluto. So there is like this secret going on, like this trying to hold this story together that I'm sorry to say, like it is all like, you know, like how many times can you do, can you just keep putting salt on the wound before Gang Green has to come and you have to cut this thing off? That's that relationship. <laughs> and you know, like I'm, I, and that's what I'm predicting. Like we are going to see the end of that, that relationship. And I'm not somebody that wants to be like negative and I'm not somebody, but you know, people ask me, right. If a, if a network asks me for what they believe about a celebrity couple, okay, I'm going to give it to you, to you raw and real, because if you're in this work, you cannot get emotional about it because the original part of astrology is hermeticism and alchemy. And you need to go back hundreds of years and even thousands of years to understand this stuff that the only under way to un truly understand the universe is to get your emotions out of it because everybody is so sensitive today and everybody gets too emotional about their positions in their life or what's, uh, you know, and they're not looking from a place of both point of a neutral view. And if you don't have a neutral view, guess what? You're, you're screwed this life because you're emotionally attached to it and you're going to stay in your same conscious loops that are going to hold you back. So that was one quick prediction that's on television. That's like, okay, kabam. Um, in my magazine this year, I predicted that the oil prices would go to their lowest and then it would swing up and down, but it would go to its lowest. It did it. It's lowest since over 20 years this year. Okay. And that was easy to predict based on just where things were going with Uranus moving into Taurus and commodities and oil and all this stuff. Like, and I also said that the tech market would take a huge boom and the tech market has taken a huge, like, I mean, negative boom, you know, it's gone down because we've reached this pinnacle spot where technology is not actually as exciting as what we think it's going to be. We are going to be moving back to the 1930s based off where Uranus is. And we are going to be looking back at what commodities are, where the value things are. We obviously have a money problem in the whole entire world right now that needs to be somewhat solved. So there is a little bit of the technology with, with some of this Bitcoin and all that stuff and, and crypto technology. But I really believe that you're going to see that it's actually going to be like, what is going to be the new commodity? There's going to be some form of an actual physical commodity that's going to be needed for the world that is going to pop out. And that's why you're seeing all the right now, all these crazy trade deals around the whole world. It's not just Trump. It's the whole world. You can see the whole world's freaking out right now. The Fed just freaked out a week and a half ago and lowered the rates because everybody knows that the money situation is getting really weird. Um, another prediction that uh, I mean, I, there's so many random predictions, but I do a no, lot I love it. Of, of celebrity love it. couple ones. So like they just have this Cole and um, what's her name? Um, Oh, Cole, he's the young, they're the young couple, Cole and, um, Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. From Cole, uh, Riverdale, Cole Sprouse from, from Riverdale. And then what's her name though? Uh, Cole and, um, Oh, oh gosh. Reinhardt. Right. Lily, Reinhardt. Yeah, uh, Lily, Lily Reinhardt. So looked at their charts for 17. I do, I do 17s like celebrity astrology, like as far as their couples. And I, magazine, that is, everybody. and I did an article on April 29th that's you can look in the news. It's on there. And I said that this relationship, they're good friends and everything, but lovers, nah, this doesn't look good. And there's some sort of weird secret going on. And I said that it's really not going to last just two weeks ago. There was a bunch of sources that said, yeah, they broke up best friends that said that. And then she came out and said, you need to know who your sources are. Right. 
But obviously, there's something going on weird. And I even said there's some sort of secret behind these back doors. And that a lot of it is like, you know, like they're lost in the role in the show and trying to play that in real life. And it's not really working. Right. I think it's just like it used to be back like when in the 50s and 60s where the studios made the couples be together to promote whatever they were doing. And I think that's totally what it is with Riverdale. No, mo mostly in my day, they... Barbara Stanwyck was a lesbian and an outrageous lesbian, a bull dyke in her real world. And she married Robert Taylor, and it's called a lavender marriage. There were many lavender marriages in Hollywood because in those days, if they found out you were homosexual, you were out of the business. I mean, nobody right. could tolerate a Rock Hudson being a, a, a bottom boy. I mean, he's a top butch number. You know, he's going to make every woman melt. So that was what it was, mostly sexual, more than it was uh, uh, scandalous. Oh, I think this is, though, I, I don't think either one of them are gay. No, I nobody really gave a crap. No, no one cared in, in Hollywood back then if they got divorced. He might, I'm, I'm, you might have a point. With Cole, there's some sort of weird secret. He's born with Venus square Pluto, which is a secret way of how he, what he loves and what he likes. But he, he's, he, he's got some intense secrets. And I, that's what I say. I can't wait. I can't wait to may, find may, out what may, they are. It's my may, favorite show. Riverdale is well, one of my favorite maybe, shows. Maybe he's in love with the milkman. You never know. Everybody you actually, know. We've, we've had several. We had Skeet Ulrich on our show before he was on Riverdale, uh, and uh, he was a great guest. We had a freaking like blast with him, and I love this. Do you watch the show? But uh, yeah, I've watched a couple. I mean, I've watched. No, I don't. <laughs> but I've, I've, like, <laughs> I've seen it for a second. You know what I mean? But I don't really. You know, when I when I do some of these people, I don't know who they are, and I actually don't go look them up. I just literally go, okay, like let me look at the astrology. And sometimes that people take it really. That's what I'm saying. Emotions in this work are not good yes. because, like, when I did Zayn Malik and Gigi Hajid, I didn't know who they were. So I just like they just you know send me these names. I look up their birthdays. And then I just plug it all in and I say, oh, this Zayn Malik guy is not looking like he's going through a good time in his life. It's very destructive. It's uh, very toxic masculine. Like it's it's really intense. And then I got like tweeted out by his whole fan base that I was a xenophobic, that I was um, I was and I didn't know he was Muslim or not Muslim. I don't even know. I'm just looking at a chart, you know, and people are like, because I say something that's not that great. Like, blah, you know, like, uh, like I'm this, I'm that, and I'm like, oh my God, whatever. I'm just like doing a chart. I don't know who this person That's is. That's funny. You know? See, Ron won't, wouldn't know who he is either, but like, I'm, I have not a clue. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a boy band fan. So like, I've always liked all the boy well, band I guys. I want to say in the prediction thing, I would say that the biggest prediction I made, which a lot of the astrology community looked really dumb in 2016 because of the election. Um, a lot of them went with more of what they were not feeling through the astrology like the main organizations there's there's about five organizations in astrology right and they made predictions publicly about who the president and the whole panel said hillary clinton i came out in 2015 at the end of it and said it's going to be donald trump and and this was just soft astrology not anything biased of anything dealing with again when you do an astrology you have to separate from emotion you have to just look at data right so literally it was like this guy's born on a lunar eclipse He's born with aspects that are some of the most rare I've ever seen in any chart in the world. So it's like literally like he's going to beat her. And she had a karma about not being – her life karma is about not using her relationships to get where she needed to. Like let's be honest. If she really was in this for – you know, the political aspect, she would have divorced Bill the second that he was banging a girl in, in, in his home state when he became governor. But she stayed. Then Monica Lewinsky, she stayed. 
then she got with Obama. She went against Obama, but then went on to his team. So she used all the people that really she really did not like. And being a Scorpio that she is and being with people you don't like is the worst thing in the world for you to ever do in your life. So (laughs) destined for her to lose because she's the opposite of what she projects out because she's actually not living in her truth. That's absolutely correct. Now, I was born May 28, 1940 at 4.30 in the morning. So mm-hmm. now tell me, I'm going to live to be 100. I'm gorgeous. First of all, I'm going to get better tell looking. Tell him how old with you are. A- Why should I tell him how old I am? I'm going to try to date him if he's gay. Oh, he can figure it out. You just told, <laughs> you just told him 1940 anyway. Yeah, I'm 79. <laughs> yeah, I'm like sitting here like, I do know his birthday. I do know. 79 years old and, and still going. Um well, you're a Gemini, and, and that's the best part is, you know what, you will always stay youthful and excited. Once your mind's constantly stimulating, that's what you need. And if anybody tries to inhibit that. That's what like, I tell Jimmy then, all then the time. Because that's what keeps a Gemini alive. And that's what keeps is the simulation in the mind and constantly wanting to know more. And you get, if you get bored, it's over. You know what I mean? Like, this I, is I just can't like, get bored. No, I, I'm not allowed. He can't sit for three I, No, I need to keep learning. <laughs> I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly creating. I have learned to paint portraits. I've learned to do cement work, uh, electric work. I'm learning all the time. Even at my age now, I'm learning. Uh, I have to learn. Otherwise, as you, you're totally correct. And Jimmy doesn't understand sometimes when I'm a little moody and frustrated is because nothing is happening in my brain. So my brain keeps reminiscing all the old shit, which has been done. It's boring. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I've done that before. Well, and I think if you go back in your life, if you look at around 2016, actually into 2017, you had Neptune square your son, which is a very weird, but it's a very kind of like you're seeing the most spiritual realm. It's almost like you got tapped into the universe, the deepest you've ever been in 2016 into 2017. And now these last two years, it's like you're processing so much data that came at you. It was almost like the screen off the universe came off and just went like all the cosmic rays. And there's this like excitement right now for you that you've gotten (laughs) so much downloads and information from all these things. And this is where you've changed your energy and made a huge change in your own personal life in the last three years, I would say. I I started off in movies and did a lot of television, you know, television series. And then my my acting just didn't work anymore. Not for me and not for anybody. So I went ahead. I had to support two children. So I went ahead and and continued being a a good hairdresser who made a lot of money. Now, my new energy is I've shot three movies. I have four or five more coming up. And I'm excited about it because I play different characters in every movie. And that's kind of... Yeah, that's keeping me alive, and I intend to be alive as long as I shoot these films. <laughs> well, it's good because Neptune is what the media is, and what's interesting is in 2016 during the election, there was what we call the North and the South Node, or in, in Eastern astrology, it's called Rahu and Ketu. These are these invisible knots, since node in Latin means knot. There's invisible knots in our, on our ecliptic, which is, again, the, the area that you see every day. It doesn't matter where you're at in the world. It's, it's an invisible line. The sun and the moon don't just, like, pop up in another part of Earth every day, if that makes sense. They're always going to show up on this same line. Now, there's an invisible spot that we can't see that moves. Every 18 months, it moves into another 30-degree aspect or, or spot. And that's where we know when the sun and the moon meet at that spot, there's going to be an eclipse. Now, that south part of that access point, which is usually a very delusional, very 
like do not go this direction, kind of like don't go south. We get a lot of these terms from astrology. Like our hour comes from, you know, Horus and where Horus is on the horizon, Horus's zone, which is the Egyptian son of God, but it's the sun, you know what I mean? Like the actual sun. So long story short is that election was Neptune, which is the media, and it also can be used as the great Oz and with the south node there. So there's was a lot of confusion about the whole election, and there's been a lot of it trying to be figured out. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to get the more you try to unravel this mess. It's the deepest, weirdest deception of all time. You don't know who or what or what's going to. It's like everybody's losing their mind about it because it's literally the most biggest, you know, charade of all time. And it's so deep. The layers people are like. You could keep digging and you're going to, there's going to be somebody that's glossing that over and then somebody that's glossing that over because that period that's a once in a, you know, a lifetime. And more importantly, because Neptune is in its home sign of Pisces, Neptune's on a 165 year orbit around the sun. So we're in, living in a time that was of the last time. It, and what's ironic, it was found in 1848 and then it entered into Pisces in 1849 that was the gold rush. Everybody, oh my God, I'm going to go find gold. And then what did they get? Levi's. They didn't get fucking gold. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, then, and then everybody started to be very divisive in the country. That whole buildup, because Neptune to take 30 degrees to go through a sign is about a 15 or 16 year transit. And you know what? Look at what happened in 1861. We had civil war. And right now we're at the point in where we were at basically in the middle of the 1850s right now, when the whole country started getting divisive. And started to get really intense and also alcoholism. People would wake up in the morning in the 1850s and drink cider like it was normal like that. And then for lunch, you drink cider and then you would just get you would just that was normal. You could go to work and drink back in the day, but you wouldn't go to like a job like we have today and clock in. You know, you worked on your fucking farm or wherever you were at. And like people are <laughs> like, where do you think the heroin problems coming from right now? Where do you think? All, you know, there's a lot of things that if people are start to, starting to see. It's not. It's like, you know, we could blame it on this. We could blame it on this. But when you use astrology, you can be like, wait, these are the times we're in. Okay, this is going to play out. Like people are like, I, it blows my mind that people just want to just put the blame on this and blame on this. And everybody in the politics are trying to figure it out through all this shit, both left and right. And they're not like looking at, well, this is the energy. And like, what if we were all aware of it? And what if we actually could change the world by being aware of this? And, and, and instead of continuing to find the person that caused it opposed to realizing that maybe there's an, uh, a, a natural cause to the, these things and how do we deal with them opposed to everybody keeping to try and put the blame on someone else and get the big spot to say that they called it out or whatever. And then like say they can fix it, but like you're going to have to know what the universe is doing to fix it. Why would you go up against a big tidal wave and say that you're going to paddle out and swim when you know you're going to get, pounded you would maybe be like <laughs> why don't i take a plane and puddle jump over it and then fucking go you know what i mean like the chat room loves you first you of all. are an amazing they're man. all saying they're all saying you should run for president you need to be on a regular tv series um how do people see you more often because i know you have a youtube page what's your youtube page under or how do they get to your youtube page my youtube page is the leo king and i do a lot on there and do a lot of live streams here in the studio and then the big thing is high vibe tv dot tv uh we have an apple tv app you know roku I ios android and then we have um and i do about 24 videos i do my daily horoscopes my weekly horoscopes 
Uh, I do a lot of special shows on there. So people have been watching me every day for seven and a half years. I've done a video horoscope for seven and a half years, over 10,000 videos. And then I go on all the networks and talk and do that for more of the getting astrology to the masses to wake people up, to have them see that this is not just some bullshit, that this is actually the real way that the ancients and the actual civilizations worked. Made sense. So, so how do they go? It's, it's, it's highvibe.tv? Yeah, highvibe.tv. And then we have awesome nine other people on there that I have talked with and worked with my you know for a long time in this industry. And they do other divination stuff and wellness stuff. And we're also teaching people art. And we're teaching people to find their courage again and to live in a higher vibration in their life and positivity. Because it's needed right now more than ever. Positivity. You said my word. I preach it on Facebook, on every, every interview that I do. I tell people you have a choice. You could think negatively or you could think positively. Uh, use the positive. The negative just gets you nowhere. Uh, no, I don't care who you are, what you do. The minute you start to think negative, it's over. And so I, and, I delete you or block you. E it's such an easy <laughs> math. You know, it's an easy math. I don't know why people can't figure it out. Uh, why must you go through life negating, constantly negating and putting down and insulting human beings, bullying like President Trump. The bullying of President Trump is outrageous. We would never do that to President Franklin Delano Roosevelt or to Truman or to any of our presidents the way they want to hate him and it, his wife is a whore and his kids are this and how dare you do that to another human being. I'm not a Trump supporter. I don't tell you my politics, but I feel bad for any human being that's in the public eye that has to be put through such horrific crap. Dislike him for his politics. Absolutely. Say that Trump can't run a country. Say what you want, but don't say that his wife is a porno lesbian whore. <laughs> There's a little boy there. There's a little boy there who has to hear this at school. A little boy there that who loves his mom, just like you love your mother. And yeah. you don't want to hear your mother being called a lesbian whore, a porn queen. I mean, stop this crap already. Do positive. Well, Mr. Trump, you, Mr. Trump, make the country better. That's positive. And I think you bring up a great point. And I think that what's happened, though, and, and this is where you have to go back to the 1850s. And we're going through the same alignments right now of the 1850s. And what's interesting at that time was it was very divisive. Back then, there was no, of course, television. And the newspaper was like, you know, not a thing, really. So it was pamphlets. And it was political cartoons at their height. And it was all about showing... Like in 1852, there was the election of Pierce, who became the president of the Democrats, and it was the end of the Whig Party. That was the last Whig Party that went up against Pierce. But he was known as one of the worst presidents because he took both sides. He was like for slavery and against slavery. So like he kind of was a, he kind of helped create the divisiveness when he took both sides. Sometimes you have to take a side. But also at the time, that was a time where everybody attacked everybody like you're weaker you're, because the Whig Party candidate was like a commander in the army and they like went off like he's one of the main commanders. And then, you know, it's like you're weak, you're weak, you're weak. There's like this kind of weird element where people start like just becoming like their unconscious behaviors just start throwing themselves out by not watching about how whatever they do with drugs or alcohol or things like that. That's what Neptune does is it, it makes people be like, are you in a positive aware space or you are just completely numbed out and you are not paying attention to what you're doing. And that creates chaos. Well, that president, that person, you're talking about a president, right? Yeah. And Pierce's whole entire, Pierce, yeah. his, Today his he whole entire cabinet is what seceded from the union years later. 
Well, he would have been crucified today. Today, yeah. we feel that we have the right to say whatever we want. No one has filters anymore, including myself. But I, I don't use a filter on the show because it's humorous. It's funny. Right. Yeah. But the minute you stop using your filter and you stop realizing that your neighbor or your friend is a human being with feelings and that what you're saying is hurtful and definitely damaging you're a beast. I don't care who you are. You're a beast. Get, your, get somebody. If somebody's annoying you and you find they're idiots and they're totally out of hand, get them on the side and say, listen, I really like you a lot. You're my friend or you're my neighbor. And I don't want to do anything against you, but can I help you? Can I, can I show you something that you might need to know? Can I tell you something? Instruct people. Don't take away. Give. Give. Yeah, and I think that with free speech there's something about moral truths that nobody's talking about moral truths which means yeah free speech is there but come from a moral truthful space right like people have forgotten something about called the responsibility that comes with these things so yeah there's freedom of speech but there's a responsibility that comes with it as well and people are like losing responsibility with anything now they're losing responsibility with all the rights we're given without a right you need to realize that there's a responsibility that comes behind that right. And that's and, where integrity comes in. If you enjoy being negative and being rotten to another human being and saying dreadful things, if you enjoy being a bully, then check yourself out. There's something wrong with you because you're not supposed to enjoy making someone else want to commit suicide as so many people are doing now especially in the gay world we are losing so many teenage and uh, men men is the number one rate of suicide yes yeah because of demasculizing so here's what we got to do you guys because we're out of time i love you you're coming so back you, you are coming everybody back. in the chat room says we have to have you back because it wasn't long enough no, and, you and, we, and we even let you we, had, we kept you on 15 minutes longer than and, we and, normally and, do and you, and you know why we you know why we kept you on you have great cheekbones <laughs> oh, <thank> you. <laughs> so well, you guys, I, enjoy, I enjoy you both a lot we can talk for days on i love you, you i guys, absolutely love you so this is david lawrence palmer you guys he's the leo king his website is www theleoking.com his twitter is at the leo kingdom he's also on facebook you can like his facebook page if you want to book something with him you can do it off of his website go check out his website also check out highvibe.tv you can see him on there and and we'll definitely have you come back we want to thank oh, you yeah, so much for coming on back. the show please oh. come please come back i would You're love very to. You're super intelligent. You're a wonderful speaker. And I, I rarely ever listen to our guests. Sometimes they put me to sleep. But <laughs> you absolutely were totally, absolutely, you know, how narcissistic of me because you and I think alike, except you're intelligent. Um, <laughs> no, but I believe in everything you're saying. I really, you you know the truth and you're telling uh, it. it. You know, we're all, we're all. We're all in a world right now where if we can all come together, like you said, in a positive direction and literally listen to somebody and really and see because we're in a world right now where people are not showing up fully. They're not showing up with their truth, but it's got a morality behind it and you have morality. And, and that's what's the that's what's going to change this world is morals coming back to people and responsibility. I wish morals. I wish you got to love it. And all right, using so some intellect. <laughs> Some brain. So you guys follow him on Twitter too at the Leo Kingdom and and David we'll see you soon. Thank you so hey, much. David. Bye-bye. What a pleasure. 
Adios to you, my friend. Yay. What a pleasure to have a super intelligent guest for a change. Absolutely. Oh, Eileen's already texted me. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick music break. And then after Yay. we take the music break, we're going to call our next guest. You guys, why don't you put a, let's do a, a Kafer's Drama Queen, but don't call the guest. We'll call the guest after the song plays. So uh, do it on Enjoy. You guys ready for that? Hello. Okay. All right, everybody. So check out Kafer. This is his brand new single, Drama Queen. It's moving up the charts. Enjoy. You've seen me down the street a million times, but you still act like I'm a walking crime. Keep pulling down the blinds, baby. You're not my homie.
All right, guys, we are back. We are live. All right, everybody, that was Kafer. The name of the song is Drama Queen. If you're in New York City, you can look for him on the cover of Get Out Magazine next week. And that's a good song. I really like it. Yeah, he's fabulous. He's a... Uh, He's um on Broadway in I think Phantom of the Opera or one of those shows. He's one of the stars of one of those shows. Anyway, you guys, now we're gonna call our guest. Our next guest is G. Larry Butler. He's an actor in a ton of indie films that Ron and I uh, see at every event we go to. He's got some great credits. It's gonna be a lot of fun. What we're gonna do is play his reel while we're uh, uh, getting him on the line. You guys got the reel ready? Yep. All right, I'll enjoy, everybody. This is G. Larry Butler's Demo Reel. We'll have him on the line when we get back. Enjoy. Jeff, do you remember your first tour? I try not to. <laughs> well, I can understand that. But sometimes it's important to remember the significance of combat. Remember our recon missions in the Helmet Valley? Our convoy had an IED and was ambushed. Corporal Hammond took a hit, and you carried him through incoming fire back to cover. Yeah, he died in my arms. <laughs> yes, but you risked your life to pull him out of there. You're the will of a hero, son. That's greater than any intellect or combat prowess. A man of unstoppable will can wear down any resistance until there's nothing left between him and his goal. I'm not afraid of what Gene uncovered. I'm afraid of what you'll do to Avenger. Four! An incredible drive by the phenomenal Rudy McDougal! A hole in one! The crowd goes wild! <laughs> Great golf swing, Rudy! Ooh. Wow, look at those outfits! Who are you? <laughs> We're here to sell you on a new comic book idea, Rudy! It's gonna make you rich! I'm already rich! Beetleborg's Metallics is the number one comic in the world! You call that a comic? What would you call it? Trash? Fanatical man-made religion motivated that attack. Pure man-made insanity. The murderer who killed my brother prayed to an evil imaginary friend. Trapped. Where's that cool air coming from? You! Who are you? What are you doing in here? Who are you talking to? Ladies. If I can actually call you ladies. Now, I'm losing a ton of money to Chastity Knott's pub. All the men in town are over there instead of coming here to my bikini bar. What are you bitching at us for, eh? Oh, the boobies. Get your tails on stage and do your stuff. Entertain with few customers I got. Billy, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but we got three days to reshingle the roof and paint this godforsaken place. We may be fortunate to have full use of the cabin for the weekend, but I want to get out of here just as soon as possible. Have you ever noticed how quiet the forest is around here? I haven't heard a single bird chirp or seen as much as a goddamn squirrel. 
I don't know about you, but this place sure gives me the creeps. Oh, you think that's funny, tough guy? <laughs> Come on, let's get to work. It'll be dark soon. Where's my house? Where is it? I don't think you'll want to see it, George. Clarence, where is it? Tell me, tell me, Clarence. It's on the same street, three blocks east of here. There's gotta be an easier way to do this. What are you doing? You take your hands off of her. I'm very sorry, man. I'm very sorry, man. These kids today, you can't do a thing with them. I will not be buying a ticket to the policeman's ball. Well, I hope you reconsider, ma'am. Not like. I'll deal with that boy directly. Tommy, don't you know who that is? That's Mama Dolly. And nobody handcuffs Mama Dolly. I don't care if you saw her set the courthouse on fire with a blowtorch. Nobody handcuffs Mama Dolly. I didn't work the Nagoda account. Why am I here exactly? I don't like you, Johnson. You called us in here in the middle of the night because what? You're mad about the Nagoda account? The shareholders. They, they forced me to resign. Just you or the whole department? Man. Well, in that case, fuck this. Mr. Garrity, it's been a real treat working under you. Hell, maybe they'll even hire me as your replacement. But for now, I'm going home to get some goddamn sleep. Sit down, Murphy! Hey, what the fuck's he asked for? Motivation. Holy shit! What the hell are you doing, sir? Susie, let the minute show the 327. I put an axe through Alex Murphy's heart. I just put the axe down, man. What the fuck? Meeting adjourned. What the? All right, guys, we're back. We're live. All right, uh, uh, G. Larry, G. say something. Let's make sure we can hear you. Hello, hello. Good to there see you. you. All right, perfect. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star. Why do? Hey, you guys. Why do I have an we're echo? Like, we're having trouble with his sound. Uh, hey, uh, he's cutting in and out. No, he's not. It's an echo. I, I think. It, I think it's because uh, G. Larry's got his mic feeding through his uh, speakers, so we're getting an echo because he can hear you, and then it's going right back into his mic. Turn these down. I'll see. Turn my yeah. Down. How's that? Is that better? Yeah, it's much better. Okay. Perfect. Can you can you hear us? Just barely. <laughs> there you go. All I, right, everybody. I split the difference. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy. No, I, I hear it again though. Now I didn't have yeah, it before. Yeah, he can't do that. Turn the speaker down and come closer. All right. Here we go. All right, everybody. Say something. Let me hear you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Say anything. Hello. This is Larry. There you go. All right. Can you hear us? Yeah, yes. Uh, barely, but I can do it. All right, let's do it. All right, everybody, now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, Mr. G. Larry Butler. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hello, folks. There Good you to go. see you. 
<laughs> like, like I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> I know, my God, it just seems like yesterday, though. I it's strange how time tri plays tricks. <laughs> I think it there was you yesterday. Go. So you already know everybody, but we got to do the introductions anyway. So yeah. first, let me introduce you to my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hi, how are you? I've been, I'm so looking forward to meeting you one day. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, Larry? Uh, okay. Yeah, I got a little butterflies, but I'm fine. There you Good. go. Well, so then we've got, uh, we have our, at our studio in Florida, we have Danielle. Danielle, say hi to G. Larry. Hello, Mr. G. Larry. Welcome to the show. Wow, what a sexy voice. Good to oh, meet you. You. Sh you should hear the real voice. I told her to do that. I said, you have to be Ava Gardner or we're firing you. <laughs> because she normally sounds like a bird in the morning. Do you hear my real voice? Yeah, wow. yeah let, give him your real voice. So usually this is how I talk. I <laughs> like <Wow>. Minnie Mouse. <laughs> yeah, it sounds more like Minnie Mouse. Yeah, but, we like, we, but we like the sexy voice. We like the Ava Gardner voice. There I've we go. On yeah. I did the show, Ron, just for you. There you go, and Lord. you're just doing so wonderful. Then we have, in in Pennsylvania, we have Scotty J. Scotty J, say hi. Hey, Mr. G. Larry, you swing a mean axe. Oh, thank you. Good to meet you, Scotty. And then we have a chat room filled with people. Uh, we have all the different countries represented. Um, so say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hey, folks. You can't see them, but they're there, oh, I, I promise. <laughs> I know you're out there somewhere. That's no, right. They type in... Uh, what they want to say, it comes in as a typing. Yeah, they type in the chat room so we can see things. All right, everybody. So so we see Jerry Butler at every red carpet that we go to. He makes all kinds of indie films. Um, we've gotten to know him a little bit more every week because every time we're in L.A., we see him. He's always he's always around. And uh, and I have a question for you uh, to start off with. because I So I went down your IMDb resume because you act in a lot of movies. Some of them are good. Some of them totally suck. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> And so, but, but, but I am a huge, huge Lance Henriksen fan. I've met him a ton of times. He's been on the show. He, he made an alien tile for me. You did a movie called Lake Erie and it's, it's not that long ago. And it's with Lance Henriksen and Marilyn Gigliotti, who we also see at everything. She's from yeah, Clerks. We, we love her. Um, so number one, are you in, I haven't seen the movie now, so I'm just asking questions, but did you get to, are you in any scenes with Lance Henriksen? Not with Lance personally, no, but uh, I'm with uh, and Betsy Baker, too. That's another person you probably know. Betsy Baker from The Evil Dead. Yes, uh, I do know so her. Both of them, they're two heavy hitters. But I, I played the fire chief who uh, interacted with the, the lead, the female lead. I, so, so you didn't get to... Major. Then I'm not jealous anymore because I uh, my goal, even though I'm not a very good actor, my goal would be to like be in a Lance Henriksen movie because like I was in a TV show with him, but I wasn't in any scenes. And he's my absolute, literally my favorite actor. I know he's not like like Ron thinks of actors. He thinks Cary Grant and George Clooney and stuff. But for me, Lance Lance Henriksen is like my George Clooney or my Cary Grant. Yeah. He's like my favorite, and oh, I think it's, it's like a lot of fun. He's a great guy. I got a picture with him at the screening in the red carpet, and so. I, I was satisfied with that. So, absolutely. And Jimmy, huh? When I told you you weren't a good actor, that was before I've seen other people act. <laughs> now that I've seen so many of these cheesy, terrible two-dollar movies, I call them, that are made with the cell phone in a garage, uh, you're a good actor. Yeah, Jimmy. I know. See, I Jimmy, so I could see, actually do it. When I met Ron, I told him. 
you know, that I've been, because I've got like 50 or 60 credits. I have a lot of credits. I've been in a ton of things. Oh, and he so. tells me how terrible I am. And then lots of them I'm an extra in because I just wanted to be on the set of the big movies. Mm -hmm. And he would tell me, you're a terrible actor. You can't act. And then we started going to some of these movies, which we're not going to name, but some of them have been terrible. And he was like, oh, you're easily as good as you. He's like, you're better than these people. Than <laughs> then, then most. You see, my problem today is people read lines. They no longer act. There's no character development, and there's no rehearsal, and there's no marks, and there's no steady camera. So for me, it was very difficult coming from a Hollywood of, uh, I made movies with Sophia Loren and Tab Hunter. Uh, I've worked with Charlie's Angels. I work with Rock Hudson, with Martha Ray. I've worked with some really fabulous people mm -hmm. in a day when film was beautiful, uh, nowadays, anybody wants to be a producer, they produce a film, they get $1,500, and they go out and make a movie. <laughs> I, was, I was roped into the movie called Croker, which cost $1,400. No, 14000 <laughs> Was it $14,000? $14,000. And I had no idea what indie films were. I had never worked in one before. And it was the, the biggest shock of my life to see the film when it was completed, I couldn't imagine how anybody could make a film with so many bad things in it. I mean, the film was totally a piece of shit. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I cringe when people say, oh, I've rented that film. How do you feel about some of your films? Some of mine? Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. I can tell you one story. It was, it was, they didn't have enough money to afford jelly on the peanut butter sandwiches. So <laughs> at the time for us, it, when it came time for us to do our mono, our dialogue, we were talking like this. Because <laughs> stuck to the roof of our mouth. So right. that's how cheap that film was. I can't name it, but his mother made the sandwiches and she didn't put the jelly on it. Well, so. I think I think a lot of these films are, are changing. And I think that I am responsible for the change because I tell the directors and the producers of these terrible films, you could do better. Learn. You know, 1940s technique. Use it. You can't use those stars because they're all dead. But get the new stars of today and put them in the environment of the 1940s and 50s and 60s films. They were done with high-quality cameras. The lighting was good, rehearsal, marks. Uh, everything was done professionally. Mm -hmm. My feelings are the films of today are haphazard. Nobody cares. They just want to shoot it in 10 days. You can't shoot a film in 10 days. I'm sorry. You can't. And it will, it'll, it'll look like it's 10 days. Although Blind is the only film that I truly enjoyed out of all the films I've seen so far. I thought that Blind was really well done. Photography was good. Were you at the Blind premiere? You were, I was right? there. He yeah. was there. Right. We, Larry and I discussed the film in the live. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was waiting for her to take her clothes off, but she never did. Yeah, which was good. Well, I'm glad. Good for her. No, I'm glad because I love Sarah French. She's one of my special people. And I've always felt that Sarah French was just used for her body. And every time she made a movie, she was naked. And I was glad that in this film, she showed us that she could act. And Sarah French will be a great actress yeah. with time. With time. Okay. I think so. so. That's a breakthrough role. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Mark uh, Waltz did a brilliant direction. Marcel, Marcel. Marcel Waltz did a, a brilliant job of, I should know that name, uh, of directing. Uh, the photography was excellent. A couple of things I didn't care for, but I discussed that with Marcel, and he agreed. 
but he's learning also. Uh, you know, we don't have uh, the, the directors or the producers we had in the 50s and 60s. Uh, these young people today, they, they don't know what they're doing. They just say, I'm going to direct. Uh, so hold on, let's go. Let's, but just let's... one more thing. I remember when I was directed by Sidney uh, Lumet. 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 That's Lumet, but Lumet or Lumet. Many people say it. no. Any uh, many, di many di yeah, really many different ways. A director then would sit you down and say to you, "Listen, your character is a murderer. You're angry because the police are coming after you, so you don't care if you kill these people in the room. So I want you to look like you could kill them cold-heartedly." And this is, you know, he discussed your character. He gave you a feeling of what you should do, what he's expected you to do to go along with his story. Now, the director simply tells you, walk to the window, look out the window, go open the door. Now go back to your mark, except there's no mark there. So <laughs> I said, but am I out of the folk at a camera focus? And he said, no, the camera follows you. Okay, it's a whole new ballpark. Have you been in films in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s? Have I? Yeah. I started in the mid-80s. Uh, my first movie was with uh, Maude Adams, Michael Perret, and Eddie Velez. It was called The Women's Club. They shot it in Denver. And I, I worked with uh, Perry Mason, you know, Raymond Burr. I did a couple movies with him. And, and uh, I did Father Dowling up in Denver, too, with uh, Tom Bosley. Oh and yeah, that's happy, the happy that. days. Yeah. The happy days guy. Yeah, I know who he is. Uh, Perret is a very good friend. It was a good friend of mine, Michael Perret. I know Michael thirty four. That was a good one though. Thirty or forty years ago, Michael was one of the most handsomest men in the world. Michael yeah. Perret. So yeah, that's true. And a sweetheart, a sweetie of a guy. Yeah, I met him around the late seventies. So, like, when did you actually move to Hollywood then? Because you moved from someplace else. I. Well, I came from uh, Denver to Hollywood in 1989, but uh, I was born in a place called Calistoga, which is in Napa Valley, and uh, so I've lived a lot of places, but I went to Denver and just got in uh, the show business accidentally. People told me I was very shy, so I wanted to, you know, be more assertive, so I took acting lessons, and then it led to commercials and a lot of print jobs and eventually TV and movies. And then my breakthrough was with the women's club, and I came down here on the strength of that. Uh, it was done with uh, Sandra Roland Weintraub was the director on that. She was the girlfriend of Martin Scorsese. So he edited the film, and uh, I think it was in theaters for a week or so, and that was it. But anyway, it brought me down here. And uh, I love it. So I want to know how it was being on American Horror Society. I mean, America, yeah, American Horror Story, not Society. <laughs> It's okay. We're tired. You know, we're still tired, Larry, from our schlepping all over the, the yeah, L.A. Eight times we went into L.A. Eight times in a week. So hold on. Springs. Okay, but go oh, back. So you're you were oh. an American Horror uh, Story, and no, I, that's not me. That's somebody else. American Horror Story. It's uh, on your IMDb. Where? <laughs> uh, what? What year? Uh, it says that you were in the hotel one for hotel. No, the hospital. Oh, right. it's the hospital? No. Anyway. Well, just leave it. <laughs> I, I, that was, I was going to be so excited. I was like, because you're billed fourth on the thing ahead of yeah, like I, 10 Academy Award winners on, on it. put me on. Well, I'll have to check that out. But <laughs> no, I, I love the show, but I've, 
Never did that one. Uh, uh, I started leave, doing. Leave I I started in horrible comedy, and then it evolved into comedy horror later. So I I've done a lot of horror, but. Do you, uh, watch, do you watch out. horror movies? Do you watch horror movies? Like, would you watch them if you weren't in them? Of course, I I, I watch them a lot. It's one of my I favorite hate, genres. I, I hate them. I never uh, watched. You know, it, well, some of them get a little tiresome. If it's no, the blood, but, the guts, the cutting, the chopping, the heads rolling. I don't care. Yeah, for that. What's your What's your favorite? I love horror movies. Yeah, what's your that, favorite? To me, that's not entertainment. What is your favorite? That's ghoulism. Okay, well, what's your favorite horror movie that you've been in? Well, I Frankenstein versus the creature, which you okay, probably I have that in review. But we were, yeah, there it is. Thanks for the plug. But, there you uh, go. It's it's yeah, called it's called role. William William Winkler's Frankenstein versus the creature from Blood Cove, a loving homage to the classic cinema of yesteryear. I haven't had a chance to look at that yet, so that's why I didn't get back to you. Who has time, Larry? You see yeah, us. I understand. We're yeah. all over the place. Well, that's fine. No, I I wanted to. Uh, kind of defend it um because we shot it in color and then rendered it to black and white it's kind of a loving homage to the, the or a tribute to the 30s and 40s classic monster movies the way they used to be made and so a lot of things are done specifically for that reason so it's not like a modern film we won best feature at the world's horror fest which is one of the most iconic horror fests in the world but uh we were very proud of that back in 2006 and I've worked with William Winkler on double the Avenger. That's about a woman who fights crime with her breasts. And I uh, <laughs> movie like that these days. I know Ron would like that. <laughs> that. You know, that's, that's my joke is breasts. We could have gotten Eileen. We could have gotten Eileen Shapiro in that one for sure. I know. But I mean, do a uh, sequel with her. <laughs> it's just a woman fighting. Actually, though, he's done because he also did a movie, Beach Massacre at Kill Devil Hills, with Chalet Lizette Brennan, the young girl. Yeah, Chalet, yeah. Uh, Chalet. With Alyssa Dowling, who's right. Alyssa Dowling is Sadie's, like right. one of her best friends. Yeah. Sarah French and Donnelly Heising. They've all been yeah. on our show. They've yeah. all been on the show. And, and half right. of them are friends of ours. And then you've also, I noticed you did a lot of movies with Al Snow and Jim O'Rear, who both of them are friends of mine. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, you did the hot the hospital. That was a good. That was a pretty good movie. The That's hospital. That's right. That was very horrific. Uh, it's a horror film, but it's very graphic and gruesome. And uh, they made another one, and I wasn't in. That's the second one. But and I worked with Daniel Emery Taylor. Are you familiar with him? He does a lot of horror films back in Alabama. A friend of Jim Rear's, and they've worked together on several films. So I've worked with both of them. About four I, times. I'm happy to say I've never slid anybody up in a movie. Yeah. Uh, yet I won't. I won't do it. I played a cop. I played a minister. I, I, I played a mafia guy. A, a mafia guy, and now I'm playing. What am I playing? I'm playing a, an army sergeant in my next wow. movie. I've done all four of those things. Same yeah. With me, very. But I, I. But I don't cut people up. I get killed or whatever. But um, so far, I haven't been casted as a crazy person or a monster. Have you? I have uh, several times. Uh, the short film you saw a clip of Downsize, it was like a human monster. And I've also played space aliens. And I mean, Th all that I so would, different things. Yeah, he would love to I want to play alien. an alien. Yeah, that I'll play. I'm dying to play an alien. That, that yeah. would be fun to do. But right. I, I really don't approve of young minds, young people growing up, seeing this kind of slaughter, this kind of... Uh, heartless, animalistic killing, cutting up, chopping yeah. up. 
the sens- the film is not a film. It's sensationalism. I love it. The, no, you love it. That's why you're warped. But <laughs> the, fil- the films of my day, you ne- you never saw blood. You saw Frankenstein, Dracula. You know, you knew what was going on. You didn't have to see gore because we had censors back Very then. Very true. Said, can't do it. Can't do it. Exactly. Yeah. Now I attribute a lot of these killings of these crazy kids that are shooting everybody up to video games and some of the movies that we produce. No way. I do because it gives them a sense that they can kill, they can shoot, they can do. Jimmy, we had morals back then. You know, cowboy movies. They never shot anybody. If you notice, I know, but still, people could still watch those and no, 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 no. But I think a young boy growing up, the lust of, oh my God, pulling the trigger. Look, I could knock that person. Anyway, no, that's you. So hold on, let's go back though. That's me. Okay, I believe we fight a lot. Don't worry about it. I believe that. (laughs) No, I I believe. I agree to some extent. I really do. I, I think if, I, if you're predisposed to psychosis, it'll trigger it. Absolutely. But, uh, not everybody, but some people. No I, no, I didn't say everybody. I said those that do. Right. Exactly. Uh, because this is, they, they ha- they're, they're, they're damaged to begin with. And this, right. only, this only increases their ability to be. You really- also did a movie back in the day called Prison for Children with Josh Brolin and John Ritter. Um, yeah. And uh, I guess that's not, a, that's not a horror movie, though, right? No, it was a it was juvenile delinquent story about a young man. Uh, Ethan Hawke plays the young man. Yeah, see, those uh, are he's big, a big star today. They're all big uh, stars. Well, John Ritter's dead, but Josh Brolin's Academy Award nominee, and yeah. uh, he was in a movie that I loved a lot back in the day called. Uh, it was a skateboard movie called. Um, oh my God, I forgot the name of it. I have it autographed by him uh, in my office, but. But uh, I love that kind of stuff a lot. So, what's your favorite not horror movie that you're not in? Since you're in a lot of horror, and you're in a lot of horror movies, um, what like like if you were to watch a mainstream horror movie, what are some of your favorite ones? Well, I love The Exorcist because it was done very well. Yes, and that uh, was I, done I, well. I was, yes, I was, was so thrilled to re- to uh, meet the lady who played the demon. Uh, <laughs> oh, Eileen Dietz. We know yes. her. Yes, uh, our little yes. Eileen. We love Eileen. Yeah, she, she's our little Cupid doll. She's my sweetie pie. Yeah, I she's love, super I love nice. Eileen. Yeah. What so other it, What other one? Like you didn't like any of the. So you're not like Friday the Thirteenth or Hellraiser or any. Yeah, of that I kind did. Of stuff? No, Freddy Krueger. I'm all set to do a movie with uh, Freddy Krueger, uh, Robert England, called Harvest Moon, up in uh, Telluride, Colorado. Still waiting for the green light on that one. That's my next film. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah, I know. He's he's a really nice guy. He's in my Jimmy Stars the shit videos. Very that's good. A, that's a that's Robert a compliment. It is a, it is a compliment. No, Robert England's a really like nice guy. Um, yeah. So it's, is Doug it's hard Bradley. to schedule him. Yeah, he's, yes. he's in between, those, but we got to catch him at the right moment. Those guys work all the time. Yeah, though. That's They're another never thing working. about the business. I have five movies I've been asked to come in, and half of them have to be green lighted, or they're looking for the financing. I right. don't understand That's, that. Years ago, they, they, the studio had the movie, and they put you in it. Well, it was a studio film, not an independent. Yeah, yeah. That's so the biggest that, hurdle. Yeah, That's nowadays. The but you don't, you don't know how to plan your life. In other words, let's say October, I'm supposed to shoot um, aliens from Mars, and they're waiting for the green light. And somebody says to me, I, I want you in October for Young Frankenstein. Right. You know, you don't know what movie to choose because that one may not get green light. Exactly. And then you're out of work for a month. So yeah, you, you, you learn all your lines, and you're all ready, and then oh, they, line, they push lines, it to next year. So do you, have trouble, rem- do you have trouble remembering lines? I do. I know I you know, do. I'm, I'm asking I a few classes. 
I'm, I'm a memory teacher, so I don't have too much difficulty. Well, uh, teach the main me. problem with people is that they don't uh, associate their lines with uh, an actual event. They, you need to see it in your mind. Your mind works on pictures. You, work, you learn things through visualization and association, and it actually in, embeds it in your mind. So I teach memory classes on the side. So That's cool. I, I can give oh. you some tips if you need them. It's also the brain. The brain is dissolving. You know, I'm going to be 80 and the brain dissolves. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. I have so much going on that this our show takes up most of our time. Yeah. Plus all the things that we have to do that I write articles for three dis different publications. So my mind is really fried sometimes, but I do have difficulty. But now I'm going to tell a secret. I intend to put a plug in my ear like Marlon Brando did and like uh, Al Pacino is doing, and oh, the yeah. other one, Johnny oh, Depp. Rob, Johnny Depp does and too. Robert De Niro, and also uh, the guy that we saw in the movies, Eric the, Roberts. Eric Roberts. Everybody's doing it now. I don't know if they're lazy. I'm doing it because I see. I have I have selective memory. If I like a line from a movie, like my last film I was in, I could tell you four or five fabulous lines that I loved because I believed in them. But the rest of it I didn't care for. It wasn't really what a person from Brooklyn would say. So if my character and my lines don't jive, I have difficulty. Example, right. if I'm playing a drag queen, I know how, how a drag queen talks. Or if I'm playing a mafia from Brooklyn, I know how he talks. But the writers don't know how to write authentic lines. They just write whatever they think the story should be. That's why the acting comes off corny. In most uh, of the films that we see, I, I agree with you. I ask the director sometimes if I can say this or that. It's kind of a collaborative effort. Oh, no, I don't even ask. I just do it. <laughs> oh, I don't care. I, I walk off sets. I'm not bothered. I don't give a shit. I mean, to me, you know, uh, I I won't I won't tolerate abuse of any kind because for two hundred bucks a day, you don't own me. And I don't really give a shit about your movie, if it's good or if it's bad, because, you know, who cares? Uh, the, the work's not fabulous. I do it because I enjoy it, and I do it because I'm in hopes of making film better. I'm, that's my real motive for doing it. It's not ego. It's not like I've been in movies. Who cares? I want to make these films better. I want to show them what actors can do. And in every movie I've been in, I've really been the, the, the number one actor in the film. Right. The only one that knows how to act. And Spot I so on. want no, so. and I so want all the other actors to feel the same way. Do so you use real emotions, Ron? What? Do you use real emotions when you act? I yeah. am. I am the character. Yeah, I, I do that same thing. I used I to teach know. acting and it's as I used to tell my students, don't fake it, feel it, because the audience can sense that you're acting. They see your strings and they'll pull back. You need to actually feel the emotions. No, you have. That's why your costume, your lines, have to be your character. If yeah. the costume doesn't work, you're not the person. I know that if I'm in a, in a piece that I'm wearing a costume that I would not wear normally, I look in the mirror and I say to myself, "Okay, this is who you're transferring to. This is who you're going to be." See that? You selected these clothes in the store because your mentality is this. You're a Guido guy. You're a, a low class. You're a whatever. And then the lines have to go in with it. Okay, low class. These crappy clothes. You know what I mean? It, it's all a big, big. It's all. It's all an act. 
And and you just can't go in in the morning and read lines because you read them with somebody. Mm-hmm. I love I that. feel because so we I only feel. have a couple minutes. So let's wait, do. Wait, a- I want to say something. Lorene Landon is is going into Motel Two. Clown Motel Two. Clown Motel Two, and that's why I've accepted their uh, offer to be in the film. Because Lorene said she's going to improve the value of the film. She's going to hire uh, far more important actors. And I feel the same way. So together, we're going to really make Clown 2 a very Clown good... Clown Motel 2. Clown... Oh, you oh, fuck you. Absolutely. A, a, a very good movie, sort of like our give back to, to Hollywood film. And let's see what happens. Let's see if we really can help with it with... Uh, Joe's directing because Joe's a great director, but he's young and he could use a little coaching. So let's go with you. What do you got coming up? Tell us what you got coming up. Well, I got Harvest Moon. I've got another one called Repulse in Alabama. It's about the uh, sex uh, trade, that white slavery. And and another one called Portuguese Bend that I'm doing right down here in San Pedro. And um, all about the Harbor Commission, how corrupt they are. (laughs) <laughs> bringing in Russian prostitutes. Uh, so I've got several things lined up, but they've all pushed them till next year. So I was kind of in between. And uh, I got a 48-hour uh, film festival, a uh, little short film that I did uh, called, uh, it's a Portuguese film with English subtitles, believe it or not. It's something very unique. It's called um, like Corazones de, um, de Fugo. It's the... the Heart of Fire. I play a American ambassador, so that was fun to do. And that's what when we were at that birthday party for Thomas Churchill, I had to go to do that, and uh, so I enjoyed it. Scratch that itch I needed because there you go. Wild. So everybody, listen up. This is G. Larry Butler. He's on Facebook. Uh, can they get this movie someplace? Oh uh, yeah, you can contact me directly on that one, um, or you could probably see it uh, on Amazon. Uh, if you want to use, give them my email is fine. And I could for 10 bucks, I'll send it to you. There you go. It's Frankenstein versus the creature from blood cove. You guys check it out with G Larry Butler. He's got lots of films coming out. He's been in lots of films. Check out when duty calls. I want to know was, did you get to work with Daphne Zuniga? That and duty calls. Yeah. I was a wedding official. I married him. I so. love her to death. She's like one of my favorite actors from she like the eighties. Yeah. Um, and oh, Judd Nelson from Breakfast Club, so I loved him too. So, so everybody, this is G. Larry Butler. We gotta go because we're out of time. We wish you all the luck in your career and everything that you've got yes. going on. And uh, and we'll and I'm wait, sure wait, we're gonna next, see you very soon. Yeah, the next. What's the next thing we're going? I don't to know, see? but whatever the Aren't next. Aren't we thing going, we're going to see Lorene's film? Isn't that coming up next? No, that's not till December. Oh, December. So we'll see you soon at the next red carpet. We'll see you at the next red carpet, Larry. Thank you. Yeah, stay well, my friend. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. See you then. Thanks. See ya. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right, everybody. We want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, with our guests, Leo King and G. Larry Butler. Um, We'll see you guys next week. Uh, Same time. Everybody have a great weekend and enjoy yourselves. And uh, Danielle and Scotty J, thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Got myself and known as Alfie, the one and only, the Turkish MC.
Jimmy. Beige, punk, yo, what I wanna be? Jimmy Star, new celebrity. We'll take you out.